All right, we are in Mark 12. We have many reasons to be thankful to the Lord this morning. Mm-hmm. One of them is that the Moravian text for today does not end at verse 34. It keeps going. Or this would be a very short morning prayer this morning because I would not have a lot to say about the first nine verses. So verse 18, starting with marriage at the resurrection. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. So we're getting ready to start like an allegory of sorts. not an allegory, but sort of a riddle. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but also he died, leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? And the subtext would be, and there are no children. Jesus replied, hence, like no family outside of just like that marriage. Verse 24, Jesus replied, Are you not an heir, because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage, nor they will be like angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read the book of Moses in the account of the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Fortunately, we're going to move on to verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked of him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one, and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. All right, now, my hope is that based on some of the stuff that we've been talking about in the last few months, you have a good idea of what's, what's happening in these two stories, like what's culturally what's going on. Um, these two stories are both about um, the eight great debates that are happening within Jewish culture. We've talked about this a few times. We're seeing two in a row that are now happening. We saw one yesterday. Um, we saw one a couple of chapters ago about divorce. So in the book of Mark, like you're seeing a lot of the subtext about like, the um, sort of like the power at play between the people who supposedly have the right answers or their interpretation of the answers and then vetting people. Like, do you have the right answer? If you do, we'll put you in our camp. If you don't, we will reject you. Um, so yesterday you had, should we pay taxes to Caesar? T- today we have resurrection and we have the greatest commandment. A couple weeks ago we had, is it lawful to get a divorce? Um, first one, marriage at the resurrection. So the subtext of this, um, and this is different than the one that you will we'll read in a couple of weeks in Luke, is Jesus does not give, he gives a different answer, not a different answer, but like there's a more context to the answer that he gives in Luke than the one that he gives here. He doesn't answer at all the question, this particular one. 
um, he only is addressing the fact that these people are Sadducees. And Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. So in their like understanding of Jewish religious spiritual life, you, it, after death, that's it. It's just Sheol, which is the grave. There is no power of God to resurrect you from the dead. It's done. And that is what Jesus chooses to address, not whether or not like people are going to be married. Like, because clearly, like what they're asking is in no way in line with what they believe. Because they're like, hey, at the resurrection of the dead, which by the way, we don't believe in, what's gonna happen with marriage? Because this was a com- like one of the one of the eight great debates was like what happens at the resurrection of the dead? Like that, that's one of the questions that they're asking regularly. The Sadducees have a very simple answer. Guys, simple answer. There's no such thing. And so, again, they're looking to trap Jesus, but for their own purposes and in a different way. Um, and Jesus like, doesn't actually answer their question. Um, but he says, look, this is what the Bible says, and then ends it up with saying, you are badly mistaken. Um, if you look at the way that he starts, verse 24, he, he starts with, are you not an heir because, you one, you don't know the scriptures, and two, you don't know the power of God. So a pretty scathing indictment there. Um, and I think it's, it's worth at least saying, before we go to the next question that's asked of Jesus, it's worth saying, like, it is very rare that Jesus says that someone's in error. Um, and the reason, the, the thing here that he points out for someone being in error or a group of people being in error is that they do not know the scriptures, even though these are a group of people that know the scriptures backwards and forwards. It's that they are not rightly handling the scriptures. And two, they do not know the power of God. And by knowing in this particular way, we can be like, hey, the scriptures say that God put everything like out of his own breath from non-existence to existence. The scriptures also say that there is a resurrection of the dead. So are you saying, like, how did we get here then? Because the power to put the stars into the sky is probably a greater power than bringing death to life because one is moving from nothingness to somethingness. And so, like, what's, like, how do you understand that all of this came to be? Like, the power of God, like, if you don't believe that, then what is it that you're even doing with the scriptures? Like, what's even the point of having the scriptures in general? And so he kind of, like, presses down. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now, about the dead rising... Have you not read the book of Moses and the account of the bush, how God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Next question. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Debating being the right term. They're actually debating. It's the eight great debates. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. So, like, this guy is noticing, like, that was quite the skillful answer. The way that Jesus handled this, this guy recognized that there was some wisdom there. He asked him, of all the commandments, so all 613 Levitical commandments, which is the most important? And the most important one to answer Jesus is this. And this is the one that we've talked about um, a a couple of times. This is called the Shema. And this is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Um, That didn't have to be the answer, by the way. That is the answer that Jesus, like, it, it could have been like another Levitical command. Um, but Jesus is always going to be like, this is the thing that all of the other Levitical commands are about. 
Like the point of everything is to love God well and to love people well out of the overflow of that. And the man replied, which is kind of funny when you hear it. He's like, well said, teacher. Almost like, I can, I can imagine like a teacher telling a pupil, good answer. And it's like, hey, dude, you're talking to Jesus. <laughs> you are right. Like as if Jesus needs him to say you are right. But you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Which, again, it makes me think of Isaiah 58, when it talks about like the types of fasting that, that the Lord is looking for. Um, again, it is looking for, like, if you, if you were to back up and say, hey, what is Isaiah 58 about? Um, it is about, like, loving God. The overflow of that would mean that you would love people well. And so if you are fasting, but you're just walking by people who need your help and doing nothing about it, and if you're not involved in justice, if you're not involved in mercy, if you're not living out the Shema, what's the point? <laughs> like, you, like, go eat something. Go eat and drink until you stuff yourself and you die. Die young, make a pretty corpse. The point is not that you would fast. The point is that it would draw you closer to God, and being drawn closer to God, you would love your neighbor well. And so in many ways, like that is what the, this guy is saying. Like he gets what Isaiah 58 is going after. To love your neighbors as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. It's kind of like taking, it's not speaking necessarily about Isaiah 58, but it's another way of understanding like the profundity of something like Isaiah 58, which is like all the stuff that you're told to sacrifice, all the offerings, all of these laws are immaterial if you don't love God and love people well, because that's the point of keeping them, is that they're here to teach you how to love God and love people well, because we don't know how to do it. The way that Romans talks about it is it says, even we, when we know the law, even when we know it, like we can't do it. Like, and this is the power of Jesus, which is so important for this next piece. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, so Jesus recognizing this guy gets it on some level, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom, not you are not in the kingdom. That might have been confusing. He says you are not far from the kingdom. What Jesus does not say is you are in the kingdom. And from then on, no one dared ask any more questions. Like the difference being like the only way into the kingdom is what? Through him. It's through Jesus. The only way to love God well, to love others well, is through Jesus. Is why it is important in verse 24, are you not an heir because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? The power of God is super important in being in the kingdom. And that power only comes through the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus. This guy is so close to being in the kingdom, but he's not in it. He's probably close enough to see the kingdom, but still not in it. Because the only way through, Jesus says, is I am the gate. And the only way into this place is through me. And so it's not enough to see it. It's not enough to have the right answer. It's not enough to know what it is about. Like, just because you know what it is about doesn't mean that you have the power to do it. Like, I know that I should eat well. And I know that I should exercise well. I should probably even lift a weight more than once every decade or so. Like, that would be really good for me. But, like, do I have the strength of will to do it? Like, knowing that I should do it? Knowing that I have an opportunity to do it, knowing that I can do it, does not mean that I have the power to do it. 
I could be paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. There are lots of reasons. There are not many good reasons for me not lifting weights or doing... I was at the gym this morning, though. I will have you know. Just not lifting the weights. I was looking at someone who was lifting weights this morning. Sorry. I'm just, like, going... I was like, I will never do that. The point is... We could be so close to the kingdom and still not be part of the kingdom, still not be in the kingdom, uh, because we lack the power. We lack the power um, to be in it. But the good news is that Jesus has the power. And even better news is not that Jesus has it, but that he willingly shares it. Like the way that Jesus uses power is to give it away. And so the opportunity for us today is not to like just see the kingdom, but to actually live in it. Because we at this table are people who have entered through the gate. And Jesus is like, I'm giving you my power. Will we live in the power of God today? Which means if we did, we would be taking the scripture seriously, which Jesus says is the key. That we'd know the power of God and that we would not, um, that we would know the scriptures.